Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And I feel something lunge at the back of my leg, and it's like, felt like a small dog, and I jumped really quick. And I was holding my umbrella because I thought I'd have to shoot away. And it's like, that's not a dog, that's a fox. It's looking at me, and I'm looking at it. The hell was that? That was Congressman Ami Barra of the Central Valley of California, who was bit by a fox in Washington, D.C. Fox on the run, indeed, loose in the nation's capital, menacing Congress people. Bit him on the leg? Where was he? Uh, where was who? The fox? Leg level. The congressman person. I think it was Capitol Hill. It was right, right by the Capitol. Wow. That's yeah. weird behavior from the fox. Right. We have a quote from the congressman. What does the fox say? What does the fox say? <laughs> wow. Hadn't heard this in a while. Remember when my my kids were so scared of the Fox guy because of playing that song that we had to uh, label a a container anti-Fox spray and go around the house spraying it to convince (laughs) them that the Fox wouldn't come in at night so they could get to sleep. Wow. From watching wow. the that video. Ding, ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. I'm not sure I've seen that video, or if I did, I forgot it, But what it looked like. But menacing, huh? Right. Well, I made, because they were kind of into it, and I had, we had this towel for the kids when they were little that was a fox, uh-huh. and it had the ears and the head and everything like that, and I, I may have run around the house with it on a couple of times, <laughs> and they couldn't quite see, and so they actually thought there was a fox guy in the house. And, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, Whoops. It turned, turned out to not be a good joke, but. Sure. Well, you got the spray. Exactly. I fixed it. It works. Uh, it's good spray. Th- this hour, I want to get to, because I haven't heard this, Sean Penn was on Sean Hannity last night. On Tuesdays, they have multiple Sean's on. That's part of their Tuesday Sean Hannity special. Sean Connery, lots of different Sean's. <laughs> but it was right. Sean Penn on with Sean Hannity last night, talking about Ukraine, and I guess it's pretty interesting. I haven't heard it. Yeah, while Sean Penn is a little wacky around the edges, he is also a serious documentary filmmaker. And he was in Ukraine uh, to document other things when all the craziness broke out. Mm. And he spent some time with Volodymyr Zelensky, among other things. So uh, that coming up this hour, I think you'll find it interesting. I sure did. A friend turned me on to it when it was on last night. Sean P. Diddy Combs next Tuesday with Sean Hannity. Well, that should be exciting and uh, a head scratcher. But anyway, uh, so everybody's talking about the Fox on Capitol Hill. What they're not talking about is they is the debacle on the border. Uh, we'll let Bill Malugin uh, of Fox News, coincidentally, no relation, uh, describe the situation. Then we'll follow up a bit. But it is absolutely shocking. Clip 20, Michael. Using Title 42 for immigration purposes is a misapplication of the law. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra standing by the Biden administration's decision to rescind Title 42 at the border next month amidst a grilling from Republicans on Capitol Hill today. I'm wondering why CDC all of a sudden has decided that pandemic conditions have improved enough to terminate 42 when uh, HHS is also asking us for uh, billions of dollars. When the science and the evidence tells us that we no longer need the use of quarantining authority under Title 42 because of health care conditions, then Title 42 must come down. You know, Becerra, and this is probably the first and last time you'll ever hear me say this, is right 
in that using a COVID medical provision in the immigration you know regulations these days to keep hundreds of thousands of people from flooding into the country is crazy. Yep, that's that's it not is. what it's for. It is. That is crazy. But if that's the only thing keeping you from a disastrous invasion of hundreds of thousands of people and and I know a lot of them are good folks just working for uh, or looking for a better life for their family I'd do the same thing um but a lot of them are not some of them are not and our border is wide open and prop 42 is the only thing uh, the keeping the law from being completely flouted what's that tell what the hell does that got to do with anything anyway Who's, whose immigration policy is people who are looking for better life for their family? You can come on in, as many as you want, from wherever, anytime. That's not, it doesn't matter. I don't care what your reasons are. You come up with how many people you want to come in, from where, with what skills, and then enforce that. Well, and I think the vast, vast majority of sane human beings would agree that if you show up in a country you have no right to be in, you haven't filled out the paperwork, you have no visa, nothing, you get kicked out immediately. But let's, that's what I would expect, right? Uh, well, of course, you come up with a number, and then that's how many people we let in. That's the way to do it. And if the number is, you know, bigger than I like, whatever, that's what we decided. But currently, the system is just whoever tries. It's it's the opposite of what we were describing. It's the opposite. It is insane. Clip twenty one. Listen to this. At the border, catch and release on full display in downtown Brownsville today. That's where Fox News witnessed the mass release of single adult migrants from federal custody. After they're dropped off at a city parking garage, they are taken behind a black tarp, seemingly to obstruct public view. A short time later, they emerge from a local non-governmental organization and are walked to a nearby bus terminal, where they are free to travel wherever they please, though it's not clear who foots the bill for their travel fees. The real story here is that Congress is broken. If we had a real Congress, they would be right now crafting laws to deal with this. But the Democrats aren't going to do it. The Republicans haven't when they had a chance. That's what needs to happen here. Figure out a law to deal with this. Right. Ignore the Twitter fringes on either side. Get a compromise. Get it done. But it's you're thinking, well, wait a minute. They just they snuck in. We process them, we put them on a bus, we pay for it evidently, and let them go anywhere they want. Yeah, that's pretty much it, but don't worry. We asked them, hey, can you check in and turn yourself in someday? Clip 22. Per DHS sources, most of them are released via parole and asked to turn themselves into ICE at a city of their choosing. Sources say many of the migrants are given these government-issued phones to check in and communicate with ICE instead of wearing an ankle monitor. We're told hundreds are released here every day. But former U.S. Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott says there is virtually no way of knowing a migrant's criminal history outside of the U.S. For the most part, they're only able to run the records checks against U.S. criminal databases. So unless they've been in the U.S. and committed a crime, we're not going to have any idea what they did in another country. So two thoughts. Number one, that's hundreds every day at that one little spot in Brownsville, Texas. Uh, Secondly... Oh, what the heck was my second point? It was good. It was the more important one. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I listened to the report when it was presented live and slapped my head, and I just slapped it again. So they're given a phone that taxpayers paid for, put on a bus that taxpayers or somebody pays for, nobody's saying. They're allowed to go to the location of their choice anywhere in the United States where they're asked to turn themselves into ICE. Um, 
who gave them all that stuff and processed them and put them on the bus? ICE. ICE is already talking to them. ICE has them. ICE has apprehended them, or they turned themselves in. So what now? Why the bus ride? Why the spreading out across the country? Because both parties are complicit. Dum, 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 da, da, dum, dum. Dum, 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 da, da, dum, dum. Ice, ice, baby. That didn't help the discussion. Not a bit. Uh, the American people are being portrayed, uh, portrayed, betrayed uh, by our leadership. It is shocking. And and they, it's a combination of moneyed interests who want the border open. Uh, both parties fundraise on the issue. And, and you know what? We haven't mentioned, and we got a great email on this topic from a listener. I wish I could credit them by name, but it'd take me a while to find it. They said, hey, guys, you know, in the wake of the, the mass shooting in California, um, most illegal guns come across the border, or a lot of illegal guns come across the border. We got another tweet sent along from a guy who's running for the Senate in California. Uh, James Bradley is running for the U.S. Senate. He points out fentanyl killed nearly twice as many people as guns did last year. Where's the house outrage on that? Where's that fentanyl coming through? The southern border. Stop. Investigate and listen. Ice is back with a brand new contraption or something. Ice, ice, baby. I hope that's your rough draft. Um, I, We've been talking about this our entire talk radio career. Um, has anything changed at all in the 25 years or however long we've been talking about this? Uh, I think it's... It's, it's worse. Well, yeah. It's yeah, considerably it's worse. worse. Yeah. It's multiples worse. I mean, in terms of the number... There will be one and a half, maybe two million people who uh, establish unofficial permanent residency in this country. No papers, no permission, no nothing, no idea who they are this year. One and a half million is a conservative estimate. And the idea, and, and you watch the video. I don't know, do you ever watch Special Report with Brett Baer? Bill Malugin's doing a terrific job reporting on the border together with his camera crew. Um, but the people just wade and walk across bridges and, and, and the Rio Grande or whatever. They flood into the country. They line up. Our people talk to them. They put them on buses. They send them around the country if there was a physical barrier there they wouldn't come but we build bridges not walls and that's it's just it's so childlike and stupid i don't even i don't i feel like i'm wasting my breath probably am sorry folks we're doing our best but i don't i we can't get anything done and as we always say because everything we say about immigration we've said a thousand times but as we always say the way we treat people who do it legally is a crime in itself I've yeah. known a number of people that have been in the process or going through the process, and we just make it impossible for them. And we punish them, and we're rude to them, and we charge them a lot of money if you try to do it the right way. Oh, yeah. We we have emails from, say, a Brit who's trying to get his wife, who's a Ph.D. in uh, chemistry, into the country. They've been trying for six years. They've spent $12,000, and they're and they still can't get her a green card, that sort of thing. But if you walk across the Rio Grande, you're here for life. If you're a rando from somewhere south of the border, you get to come in, regardless of your background, skill set, whatever, because Democrats think you'll vote for them eventually, and big business thinks you'll work for them for cheap. So for those reasons, nothing happens. Yeah, and big agriculture needs the workers, allegedly. Uh, one more quick note, and then uh, the cup of bitterness floweth over, and we'll end the segment. But I was just reading uh, elsewhere that... 
that El Salvador now has such an incredible murder problem. I mean, you remember hearing about all the murders El Salvador had a couple of years ago, the gangs and, and MS-13, the rest of it. It's grown so badly from that point, they've declared a national state of emergency. And their people, some honest, hardworking folk, many hardened criminals are just flowing across the border willy-nilly. And Joe Biden and the administration are letting it happen. And, and Congress is complicit. Oh, well, that's enough. Sean Penn has been in Ukraine since before this whole thing started, working on a documentary, some interesting stuff. And he was on Sean Hannity last night. Those are strange bedfellows. That and other stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Let's get to some news today. Former President Obama returned to the White House for the first time since leaving office. Obama said he would have visited sooner, but uh, gas prices were too expensive. (laughs) But it was fun to see the former president at the White House. Obama felt like a guy who was visiting his old high school, and Biden was like the old gym teacher who never left. Authorities in Florida announced yesterday that they arrested six men who allegedly stole thousands of dollars worth of gasoline from several gas stations. They would have gotten away, but thousands of dollars of gasoline was still only like a quarter tank. Oh, hey. Hey, Whoa. What? Speaking of Obama at the White House, if you haven't seen the video of Joe Biden milling around at the little event afterwards, you got to check it out at armstrongandgetty.com. It is sad. Doesn't it take two to mill? He's just wandering. He's just kind of standing in the middle of the room. I've ended up in the, I end up in this situation at every social gathering, which is why I usually go to the bathroom and stand there and stare at myself in the mirror for like five minutes before I go back out there and try it again. And then I just walk to my car and go home. Hmm. But they're just, you know, everybody's talking to somebody and you're just kind of standing there by yourself. That's Joe Biden. But he's president. Usually people want to be next to the president. But in the White House. That's not what happened. So we have those videos at armstrongandgetty.com, which are pretty interesting. Um couple of things for you. Joe Rogan made some noise yesterday. First of all, he tweeted out or Instagrammed out, I'm pregnant. And then I didn't follow that, but... <laughs> Um, he's taken on the whole, that whole thing, uh, talked about how the, uh, anti-racist ideology was pushed on his nine-year-old in a California school and how he was very unhappy. Absolutely. About it. Yep. It is designed and we'll go big on this again. It's designed to drive a wedge between children and parents. That's the primary reason, but particularly on the whole, the whole woke thing. He said the whole Leah Thomas transgender swimmer story. Um, might just end up being the woke straw that breaks the camel's back. And he might be right. I think there's something to that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll see. How did I get on Ice Ice Baby, the song? Oh, because you mentioned ice so many times. Just stuck mm. in my head. I've I just been looking over the lyrics. Oh, no. They're really good. <laughs> to the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up the stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance. Go rush at the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. I mean, that's oh, that's that's a nice, uh, nice, nice deal. That's a <laughs> nice that a deal. <laughs> now that the party is jumping with the bass kicked in and the Vegas are pumping. And it's, no wonder it was a giant hit. Huh? 
What's not to like there? Sean Penn on Sean Hannity last night, and we'll play a little bit of that for you coming up. Um, I hope you can stay tuned for that. Uh, the clip of the day yesterday may have been this. Um, General Mark Milley being questioned by Congress about Ukraine. How long is it going to last? And this is what he said. I do think this is a very protracted conflict, uh, and I think it's at least measured in years. I don't know about decade, but at least years for sure. Uh, did you know that? I didn't know that. I wasn't thinking in terms of years, maybe decades. Yeah. For how long this is going to last? Yeah, I'd, I'd failed to really consider that. It's now been six weeks, which is a long time, but I still thought, like, I, I was thinking months. Weren't you thinking months? Yeah, I guess I was, although when you look at the uh, the disputed regions in the east that the Russian little green men have been uh, occupying and the rest of it, that's been going on for years and years and years. Yeah, the Ukrainians have lost 14,000 men in the last, uh, since 2014. Um, oh, that's a lot. For yeah. a country that size, that's a lot of people. Uh, just nobody was paying any attention. So do they end up in some sort of kind of stalemate-ish situation like that where they lose even more, but it's a constant battle? I don't know. Or did they come to some sort of uh, unholy uh, truce settlement? I don't know, but I, I don't know. I wasn't thinking years, maybe decades, like General Milley said. Sean Penn is not Spicoli. He is a serious guy, a documentary filmmaker, and he was in Ukraine, got to know Volodymyr Zelensky a little bit, has some really interesting things to say. If you can't stay tuned, grab the podcast later. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, a legendary actor, director, thinker, activist, Sean Penn, was on Sean Hannity last night, and this is how it went. You know, I've been thinking about this, Mr. Han. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? (laughs) Certainly, there's nothing wrong with a little feast on our time. (laughs) All I need is some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. So if you're under 50, you wouldn't even know what that is, I suppose. Or a fan of classic teen dopey movies. Sean Penn, was that what his first big thing when he came on the scene, Spicoli and Fast Times yeah. at Ridgemont High? Yeah, I think so. Certainly yeah. launched him into my consciousness. He's a much different person now than he was then, or at least uh, and, that character. And if you're not, what's wrong with you, <laughs> you know? Anyway, uh, Sean Penn, the documentary filmmaker, uh, edgy, edgy guy who looked on the verge of... I don't know, something during the entire interview was indeed on uh, Sean Hannity last night talking well, about the was, situation in Ukraine. He was married to Madonna for a while, right? That would make you edgy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why don't we just uh, hear a couple of clips of the conversation? Uh, let's start with 46, Michael. I've never felt this way about where our country is and what I experienced emotionally in Ukraine, where it had not, we all talk about how divisive things are, how divided things are here. But when you step into a country, of such incredible unity, you realize what we've all been missing. And I don't think that we, I've got time to indulge my lack of trust, which it becomes a petty thing as people and babies are being vaporized. 
Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we just? So, what is he talking about? His lack of trust with like Fox and Sean Hannity? Is that what he was talking about, or what what was he talking about? I don't know. The the interview was actually a little frustrating to watch because he is obviously a guy who thinks and speaks in paragraphs, not in sound bites and and brief sentences, but in paragraphs. Uh, And often he would be three quarters of the way to making his point, and Hannity would jump in and change the subject. And it was making me nuts. I also just popped back into my head. I remember in might be the reason I stopped kind of paying attention to Sean Hannity. He's he's often kind of hard to follow. I think he he thinks in very big thoughts and lots going on. Sean Penn or Sean Hannity? Sean Penn. He's pretty hard to follow sometimes. um, Yeah, because he is. There's there's like I'm I'm yeah. But anyway, he's he's sometimes hard to follow. Period. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, forty seven. What didn't happen, therefore, were the preemptive sanctions on enough of a dramatic level before he was so deep in that the humiliation wasn't going to let it stop and that you weren't going to have the simplicity of negotiations for, for regions of the East or Mariupol to be able to make the bridge from Crimea. And now it was going to be this full-on assault, and here we are. Mm, roll on. But even countries that have nuclear weapons can remain intimidated to use them. And we're seeing that now with our own country. And I fear what that legacy is going to be. We don't want, no one wants to see a nuclear conflict. I don't want to see one. Nobody At does. the same time, if only one bully is going to be able to use those weapons as a threat, we got to rethink what we're doing. Yeah, I, that's, that's the whole problem I've had all along. It's just so nuclear weapons... They give you the opportunity to do awful things. That's what the advantage of them is. And if you have them also, you can't stop awful things. No, no. Because you almost have to be the first in. I'm doing this, and if you try to stop me, I'll use my nukes. Yeah. I guess the advantage is uh, a country with nuclear weapons can't do it to you. But it certainly gives the bad guys... An upper hand for having nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah. And then let's finish it up with 49, Michael. He's in, he's in the fight. So that tells you everything. I mean, this is leadership. We talk about leadership. We talk to leaders. Uh, no one on, on the planet's been tested in leadership like you're, this you're, one human being. You're really emotional about this. Yeah. So it was it was difficult to follow. You had to, you know, listen around the edges of, again, a kind of jarring, not smooth interview. But what Sean Penn was saying was he had met Zelensky before the invasion and, <clears throat> excuse me, had uh, opportunity to talk with him a couple of times and then was with him on the day uh, that the invasion happened. And I believe the day after and he said it, he has never in his life seen anybody born for a moment like Zelensky. He immediately became a different human being, embraced his role, dug into it 100%, and, and, and found his gear. That's, that's really interesting that human beings have that capacity. It reminds me of the, the Robert Carroll book about LBJ his many uh, biographies when uh, when Kennedy was shot and how people describe LBJ of looking like he got taller in the room as they were all finding out that JFK was dead and like his face changing and people that had known him for years, he became a different person. 
So we apparently human beings, or some or all, I don't know what, have a capacity in a time of great crisis. You know, the president was just shot. We probably assumed it was the Soviet Union at the time, and you had to, you know, you had to step up to the plate. And in this case, Zelensky, we know what he's dealing with. It's interesting. Sean Penn says that. I've now there are now mm-hmm. two examples in fairly recent world history of that happening. That he he saw Zelensky grow into the moment. Fascinating. Yeah, I think there are probably some who who do step into the moment and and carry the load. There are some who who go to pieces and quickly step aside. Uh, but Zelensky is clearly the the former. And um, as a guy who was, you know, one Ukraine's dancing with the stars. I mean, not not necessarily where you would go immediately for somebody who's going to grow into that moment, but you never know. No, I understand that completely, and it is ironic and weird. On the other hand, I've never been comfortable with the uh, the American media. Probably media worldwide always does this. You are one thing. If you are an actor, you're only an actor, please. If you're, you know, a plumber, you're only a plumber. You can't possibly be, you know, the other things you are in your life and think about the things you think and do the things you do. No, you're defined by your job. I understand what you're saying completely, but you can't tell me. That the sort of person that throws on the spangly, loud clothes and dances around doesn't tend to be more the kind of person that goes to pieces like you were talking about in a crisis? Oh, I agree. Because yeah, I the hear, lighting was wrong or their their hair is messed up? Well, maybe, except, uh, no, in fact, I think you're wrong. You're not only wrong, you're wrong-headed. <laughs> and here's why. Because uh, Dancing with the Stars takes people from other pursuits and has them dance. This guy wrote a and co-wrote with his wife what was alleged to be a brilliant uh political satire and he acted in it and he was the the the, the mind behind that yeah most actors and he i know dance. Are, most actors and dancers i know are pretty emotional but i don't know yeah, yeah. Well, he's the writer producer type as well. But i'm i'm not arguing it's not surprising. It is surprising. Um, it's surprising to me that anybody i don't care if you're a general uh, had been a general in the military it's a hell of a thing to stand up to. Do you remember? I was just remembering this yesterday. Do you remember early on when he said to the leaders of Europe, the next time you hear you see me, I might not be alive? And everybody believed him. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, being hyperbolic to make a point. Everybody being a thought, drama queen, he, if you will. Yeah, he was not being a drama queen. Everybody thought, yeah, that's that's pretty decent chance that by the end of this weekend, you're you're dead. Everybody thought that, including him. And, uh, and whew, that is something. Yeah. And yeah. here he is six weeks later. Yeah, and where it ends, how it ends, nobody knows. Quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, then an exciting announcement for you in just 60 seconds. But first, we've mentioned before that U.S. News, PC Magazine, Popular Science have all ranked Simply Safe Home Security as the best home security system that you can get. Part of the reason for that is that It's backed by the best 24-7 professional monitoring in the business, ready to dispatch uh, police, firefighters, or EMTs to your home whenever you need them, combined with the technology, which is cutting edge. So uh, it's the best home security you can get, according to a whole bunch of people, and it's less than a dollar a day. Set it up yourself in around 30 minutes, super easy to use, and never a long-term contract. You don't sign a two-year contract and then, like it or not, you're paying for it for two, two years. No, that's not the way it works. They're confident in their product. It's simply safe. 
hey, if there's crime in your hood or randos stealing packages or bums and junkies about, you really ought to get in touch with Simply Safe and customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes, including that great wireless outdoor camera. We'll even let you know if somebody approaches your door while you're not there. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. I'm excited about this big announcement you have. What is it? It's a small announcement. Did I say big? I said an announcement. I may have said big announcement. It's an announcement. Uh, uh, Judy, my my sweet wife, has often said to me, Joe, you should teach a college class, to which I reply, honey, there's no college or university in the land that would have me. If they heard an hour of the show, I would be preemptively drummed out. However, Well, it depends on what you're going to teach. Are you teaching physics? uh, Well... (laughs) P.E. That would, P. that would be a laugh. <laughs> P.E. I could teach P.E. All right, yeah, go, go uh, run around that pole and come back. All right, let's learn the rules of badminton. Here, this is a shuttlecock. Stop yeah, giggling. <laughs> or uh, we'll say birdie, all right? Grow up. Um, uh, but because uh, the university system has no control over the Armstrong and Getty show, I will be teaching in the next segment a brand new class called Universities Are Woke 101. Awesome. And, and one of the lessons is going to make you very happy. Somebody who desperately needed a comeuppance got one good and hard. I got a quick question. Yes. So uh, you know more about uh, actors in that crowd than I do. Meh, Listen, listening to Sean Penn there, um, it, is is the, the reason actors are able to act the way they do, like bringing those emotions, you know, I've always thought it was weird, like the being able to so completely fake these emotions um, because their emotions are so much closer to the surface or they feel things more than the rest of us? Yes. I think there's, there's, you're no actor. Uh, yeah, I think there's. <laughs> oh, that was excellent, Michael. That might be your best work ever. A clip of Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Talking about acting. That's hilarious. Oh, that is you hilarious. Like that, huh? <laughs> that, that was funny. All right. In short, yes. And if I go on at any length, we won't have time for the next segment. Maybe I'll have to ask you about that later. Maybe in the podcast. Uh, Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Four of the show, new poll on where Americans get their news and who they trust. Those are always good, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, but first, a brand new featurette. Very proud of the introduction. Credit to executive producer Mike Hansen for this. Michael, roll it, would you? Well, guess what? Wokeism. Uh, led by woke. Well, woke. This phrase, everybody's been woke. Somebody's woke, people need to take a nap. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Colleges are woke. 101. There you go. That's good. Isn't that nice? That's, That's a good, good production kind of, piece right there. Kind of cuts off abruptly at the end, though. Is, that was weird. Is your bit going to le- uh, live up to the intro? Because the intro is pretty good. Mm. Mm. Good question. <laughs> we'll let the audience be the judge. Colleges are woke 101. Came across a really interesting uh, article here that we'll post at armstrongandgetty.com. It's about a number of different aspects of the college uh, uh, situation right now, universities, etc., one of the things they mention is the uh, the elite universities are doing very, very well. But then they mention that Harvard, Princeton, Stanford, Yale collectively enroll more students from the top 1% of the income, re- uh, income distribution, more from the top 1% than from the bottom 60%. <laughs> that, 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 that's always been so hilarious to me. 
as that uh, that continues to exist, while that's the crowd that tends to lecture us about inequality and equity and all this crap. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. The well, richest kids get into the fanciest colleges. Always been, always will be. Keeping in mind that since 1971, the price tag for a four-year degree has increased at more than four times the rate of inflation. Mm-hmm. And we'll have one of the factors of that for you. Even Robert Reich, the lefty former Harvard professor, says, yeah, these uh, elite universities are mainly, quote, to educate children of the wealthy and upper or middle class. Well, yeah, if it's the 1%, it's the wealthy. Um, and and it, it covers a lot of stuff. Again, I can't touch on all of it, but I wanted to jump to this. A survey taken in 2020 found that only a third of undergraduates see their education as advancing their career goals. And barely one Whoa. in five think their B.A. was worth the cost. Barely one in five. Wow. Combination of poor parents, decreasing rewards to education, distaste among many Americans for academia's overwhelmingly progressive agenda may further depress college attendance in the future. Uh, they go into some of the costs, which are indeed sky high. Uh, more troubling still, I like this, universities can get away with obscurantism. I wonder if I could get away with obscurantism. First, I'd have to figure out what it is. <laughs> obscurantism yes and this one you'll know enforced ideological conformity because of their enormous power over labor markets they're no longer primarily about learning as others have noted but about providing the credential needed allegedly for a high-paying job what they increasingly don't teach are skills useful in the workplace one recent study of american college students found that more than one-third of students quote did not demonstrate any significant improvement in learning in four years of college now Employers that's, that, report that recent graduates are short on critical thinking skills as well. Now, that's amazing. Um, the question of whether or not college specifically prepared you for your job, was it supposed to be that way originally? Or how many people was that originally? Like, you're specifically learning things that are going to help you with the job. But the idea that just in general, you haven't learned anything <laughs> while you're in college is just amazing. Yeah, it, it is. It's shocking. And, you know, I, I see college. It depends. I mean, if you're an engineer, you need to learn engineering. Sure. For a lot of us, obviously, it, the point is learn as much as you possibly can about as many things as you possibly can. The cliche is to be well-rounded. I would suggest a, a better description would be to be a good citizen or a person that can handle a variety of circumstances and but, bring some knowledge. To but it. kids aren't learning anything. No, oh. and they, they will tell you so. That's the truly shocking part. They know they need the degree to maybe pursue a career, but barely one in five say it was worth it. Yeah, few people are are are, are getting skills specific to their career. Right. Then there's the other stuff you said, but they aren't getting that either. So, wow. But the name of the feature at is College is Woke 101, so let's get to some of the woke stuff. You probably remember this. November 9th, 2016, we talked about this at at great length at the time. Three black Oberlin college students. It's a super expensive hoity-toity private school in Ohio. Three black Oberlin students walked into Gibson's Bakery, a small local family-owned bakery and convenience store run by the Gibson family for more than 130 years. Also had a long-standing affiliation with the college, supplied students with breakfast fare. The son of the owner saw one of the students use a fake ID to purchase alcohol, then shoplift a bottle of wine. Followed him outside, confronted him. The other two students began to hassle him loudly and aggressively. Cops showed up. 
All three ended up being arrested. The altercation put in motion a massive organized student protest with hundreds of people outside the, gathered outside the bakery. Students prepared a one-page flyer that accused the bakery of having a history of racial profiling and discrimination. Wow. College administrators joined the students in handing out the flyer, in whipping up the students, in communicating with each other about how to make it more effective. And, uh, and, and there's all sorts of behind the scenes stuff I don't have time to get into, but you might recall a couple of years ago, it wasn't long ago, that the jury said, yeah, the college owes Gibson's Bakery $11.1 million in compensatory damages and $33.2 million in punitive damages, not to mention $6.3 million in attorney's fees. Well, juries sometimes get crazy, so the Oberlin College appealed it to the Ohio Court of Appeals, which handed down their long-awaited decision unanimously, saying, Oberlin, you are guilty, you are on the hook. So, a little justice there. And finally, just going to run through some numbers for you. A review of salary data for diversity, equity, and inclusion employees at major universities is un. Believable. They are looking at Michigan, Maryland, Virginia, Illinois, plus Virginia Tech. These institutions' top diversity employees earn salaries ranging from $330,000 to $430,000 a year, vastly eclipsing the average pay for the full-time tenured uh, professors. Huh, that's hilarious. So yeah. that they can do what? <laughs> what are you doing? Michigan devoted $85 million in 2016 to diversity issues over a five-year period. That's reasonable. Uh, $15 million in total compensation to DEI bureaucrats. Uh, let's see. Oh, I've got a bunch more schools, but we don't have time to get to it. All of these schools spending millions and millions of dollars. Incredible. Where do people get their news, and do they believe it? Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty.